Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Theron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh, cry, and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Prepare your hearts and enjoy this time designed just for you. What's up, witty and gritty people of the world? (laughs) (laughs) When you said people of the world, I really wanted to say, spice up your life. But then that's that's two Spice Girls references back-to-back episodes, I think. We're feeling spicy. Or it's it's definitely for sure two in this miniseries. So today, I'm wearing (laughs) workout clothes, and someone said, you look so sporty. And I said, no, no. I am, in fact, sporty. (laughs) I'm actually athletic. Yes. And then I realized that I said it with not a joking tone. I mean, I wasn't, but it might have been a little harsh. So I quickly followed it up with like, you know, like Sporty Spice. Did you really say that? I did. Because when things get tense, awkward, statements come out of my mouth. I know you've never heard that on the podcast before. But oh yes. my goodness, it's like your Jess from New Girl, where it just gets more awkward. As But see, the nine <laughs> in me, I like don't want them to feel bad for their comment. They were just trying to tell me that my matching athletic tire looked nice. Your athleisure looked great. But they said I look sporty, and I was really upset because I am sporty. What are we talking about today? All right, on the record, everybody, Farron is Sporty Spice. <laughs> I look sporty, and I am sporty. <laughs> And if you get offended by that, just think of Sporty Spice. All that to say, Chapter 5 of Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable, it talks about fear is not the enemy. Man, that hits close to home. I think um, the majority of the decisions and choices and opportunities I pass up on, I can trace back to fear. Uh, Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. Into the unknown. Fear of what others will think of me. Apparently singing Frozen is not a fear of mine. Nor mine. (laughs) We're high quality singers. And then another really big fear for people is the financial fear. Um, Just it seems like a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and it requires investing. And then what if you do all of it and you're in the hole and yeah. Scary stuff. Well... I'm just thinking about Enneagram and how fear looks different in everybody. So we could be faced with the same situation, but fear of looking incompetent or fear of needing help or fear of looking like you don't know what you're doing or, you know, just interesting. So whenever you were saying financial fear, something that would jump out to me as a one would be Fear of looking like like of not knowing what I'm doing, or I'm flying blind. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I want to know what the next step is. I want to know what the next twenty steps are. 
Too bad that's not how life works. No. And what a know, bummer. You know what the suggestion is? It's really what easy. Is it? What is it? Face your fears. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like, you haven't heard that before. Oh, you're scared of it? Well, just do it anyways. Yes. And so comforting. Right. And a lot of it is we, we fear of what we don't know. Because, again, the unknowns, the yeah. unknowns, we don't... We don't know what's going to happen if we take the next step or do the next leap of, th- of faith or anything like that. So, And I like how she does go into a little bit of the science behind it that like your brain, your makeup is has fear designed bio, bio, biologically that word, uh, to protect you. Right. So, Like fear of falling off a cliff. That's legitimate. Right. Like skydiving. I'm afraid of because... Oh, I forgot you said that before. I sure don't want to die jumping out of an airplane. Right, that's why you have a parachute. Yeah. Hopefully they packed it right. Mm. Good luck to all the skydivers. That's why, I mean, even have you done the indoor skydiving? Uh-uh. So I did that one time. Surprisingly, you'll be very sore the next day. Too much wind in my face. <laughs> well, that, but then I'm like, man, these guys, because they go in and they demo and they flip around for you, but if they make one wrong turn with their arms, they're going to fly into the wall. Mm. So, anyway. Sounds like All fun. that to say, you have to sign your life away before you do, and and then you can have all the fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do like, though, that she uh, talks about the science behind it, um, because it just kind of lets you know that Everyone has fears, and it's natural to have a fear, Um, but throughout the rest of this chapter, she'll go into specific ways on how to face your fears besides just do it anyways. Right. We need to leverage the fear for something figure-outable. Right. So again, like you said, Farron, a great way to combat fear is to turn and face it. A lot of times, if we would just face it, it's really something that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. How many times do we jump on social media, or avoid it altogether. Um, Yeah. And you didn't even, like, really look at it and analyze it. Right. So, like, I remember being a kid and seeing a creepy shadow in my room and being scared for a very long time and then finally being like, oh, that's just the stack of clothes on my dresser I didn't put Mm -hmm. away. Whereas if as soon as I saw that shadow, I would have said, what's making that shadow and done some investigating could have had an hour of my life back. Or you could pull a brook and you jump out of bed, run over to the light switch, turn it on, and turn around and see what's there, and then it's not anything. But then just to be sure, you have to, when you flip the light switch back out, you have to run, and then you have to jump back onto your bed because then the monster under the bed's going like, to sweep the leg and get you. I mean, I think it's just such a good example of our imagination and how that can make something way more scary than it might actually be. You know what? So after just, for, with you, me with my example from being a kid and you just saying that, so when I'm stressed I go to a four, and my big thing is thoughts spiraling out of control. So if I would have just learned earlier on to, like you said, do some investigation myself, face it quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way you're going to face it eventually. And I I like to rip the Band-Aid instead of, like, beat around the bush. Right. So why would I not apply that to this part of my life, too? I like it. Good stuff. Woo! Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking because my usual go-to saying is good stuff because... I'm just speaking in language. <laughs> and Farron's go-to thing is bye yeah, at the bye. end. 
But I guess it was the last, a couple episodes ago, you were like, does that really have to be a thing? Yeah, say it's it. It's too late. <laughs> well, I would want to say see you later, but at the we time, <laughs> we didn't have the online videos, so it sounded dumb. Not dumb. And not so dumb. I would go to say see you later and panic and go, bye. <laughs> and now it just. Making it awkward. I like it. Let's get weird. <laughs> So one of the sections, true facts, big facts, is the F word you need to embrace. And we know we talk about how Marie does cuss in the book, but she means fear. So you need to embrace fear. Fear is a normal feeling. So fear is normal. It's what you do right after that that defines who you are as a person. So yes, if you're being afraid is normal. Um, Being fearful is normal, but it's what you do right after that. Are you going to sit in that fear or are you going to leverage it for something better um, there's a lot of biblical references that talk about trusting God and don't worry. And again, that's a, a normal feeling we have. So it's what you do right after that. Just like anger. Anger happens, but be angry and do not sin. So Tough what are you going to do after that? Tough one. Different episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she does talk about what to do, how to face your fears, what are some things you could do. And we'll get to that in a minute. But there's... Did you ever watch Lost? The um, series? I feel like I heard the whole soccer team talk about it enough that yes. I might as well have watched it. But no. I it's didn't. a good show. They recently took it off Netflix. Bring it back! All I know is something about a polar bear and a plane crash and a jungle. Well. Enlighten me. <laughs> so there's So Jack is the lead actor and he's a doctor and... He learned a tactic when he was very young in the in the career. He had something medical, like her spinal nerve endings all like came unraveled or whatever. He was trying to make a girl walk, and then this happened. And he started to panic, but then he remembered what his dad taught him. He said, you can be afraid, but only for five seconds. Mm. And so in his head, there's a scene in Lost where he gets terrified and he lets himself fully fear feel the fear and he counts out loud one two three four five and then once he hits five he immediately jumps into action mode so i thought that was cool hearing that tactic there's another one um if you have seen we're the millers it's not a classy movie but it's hilarious and there's one of the scenes in there where the dad figure is trying to teach the son figure like, the son figure's trying to kiss this girl. He's nervous. And so the dad's like, okay, all you got to do is just count to three and do it. And so the kid ends up doing this. And then later in the movie, he falls in love. And the dad falls in love. And then he has his arm around the girl. And they're just talking. And he goes, one, two, three. And the girl goes, what? And then he leans over and kisses her. So I think Aww. whatever tactic you come up with that's going to do more good than harm, that might be. A thing. That's what I do when I get in a cold pool. I go, one, two, three, and then I gotta go all the way down to my shoulders. Oh, it's so cold. You're not a jump cannonball in kind of person? (gasps) I'm like, steps, and if you splash me, (laughs) even if you're walking in down the steps too fast and it splashes me, oh my, we're not friends So by the time you get in the pool, it's time to get out of the pool? Oh, yeah. That is actually, <laughs> someone has to potty by the time I... You actually get in the pool. And then you got to start over. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, you don't have to live your life like that, Farron, if you don't want to. You can you can be a cannonball person. 
you know, I, I will cannonball in other areas of my life. Here's the thing. I don't really even want to be in the pool, but I don't want my kids to drown. So there's that. You know, trade-offs, I yes. guess. Priorities. Eh, all right. Okay, the next section in chapter five is fear is not the enemy. Ooh, I love it. So, again, the definition, like if we're talking about Daring Greatly, our mini-series we did right before this one, she talks about being courageous. Is You're still scared and you do it anyway. That's what courage is. So, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to ask for the promotion, but I'm going to do it anyway. What are they going to say? No? Okay. Then I'm still where I was ten minutes before I asked, so... Yeah, there's been some people that I've been like, I don't know how you do it. And, you know, it might be like having a husband deployed and trying to raise three mm-hmm. kids all on, you know, their own, essentially. And, uh, man, I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. And their answer is, well, I don't have a choice. And I think sometimes, you know, we give ourselves outs or choices mm-hmm. right. to avoid doing it. Uh, when we're scared of something, so right. the example of something being difficult or being fearful of something, uh, we give ourselves an, art, an alternative, again, a little too soon mm-hmm. before looking at what is that fear. So a question you could ask yourself, or maybe I'll ask you, Farron, oh, put no. you on the spot. So what are you scared of or afraid of or fearful of? So it could be, so think about all the pockets of life. Is it something at home? Is it something at work? Is it something that's some hypothetical 20 years from now, like, what are we going to do when blah, blah, blah happens to this, per- you know? Mm. So, again, um, so I, I wrote mine out, and it's just funny how it's like fear of getting rejected or failure or being embarrassed for something when I feel like I should have known better. Mm. So I feel like that's really a really one thing for me to say, but I don't know. I don't know if that's different for everybody else or yeah, I don't know. I think I fear a lot of the things that I can't control. Um, so, like, loved ones dying is probably my biggest mm-hmm. fear. And I know it's going to happen, but I just hope it's not for a long time. Um, and even, like, my kids getting some terminal illness. Those yeah. are probably some of the bigger ones that you just can't control, and they're going to have to go through it, and you're going to have to watch them do it. So right. That all sucks so if we're practicing this tactic of letting your fears or you can give your fears to god kind of thing i know that sounds kind of cliche like give your fear up to god Mm -hmm. like that's we're not (laughs) so these are all things scary things that we think about i mean if anytime my kids get in a pool i'm like oh my gosh i'm panicking the whole time i can't enjoy being in the pool because i'm watching them enjoy being in the pool Mm -hmm. so again I just have to put it, something that helps me is putting it back in perspective. Like, this is all borrowed time here, Mm -hmm. so everything's a gift, and we just have to be good stewards of it until they, until our kids go back, or until we go home, kind of thing. So, again, trying to big picture. I like the story she gave, too, where, and she, in the very beginning, said, you know, there might be some things that are a law of, what, science or whatever, Mm -hmm. that might not be figure outable. And so she talks about, you know, terminal illnesses or something along those lines. And someone shares a story that she could not, she was not a doctor. She could not magically cure her mom's cancer, mm-hmm. but she figured out how to make the most of the time her mom had left. Right. And that was how to capitalize on mm-hmm. it. That was how she like, 
figured it, whatever it is, out. Right. So I think there's lots of those kind of situations. And that takes, that's choice too. You have to choose to make the best out of whatever ugly situation it is, whether it's losing a kid or losing a job. It's, you have to find a way to leverage it. Otherwise it's all for naught and no one benefits. I mean, maybe someone can benefit because the example in the book, if she found a way to extend make it comfortable for her mom whether it was hospice or whatever maybe if someone else was going through that they could see what other people have tried and because people are vocal about it they have options yep and uh, we can circle back to this example too again because I think there's some upcoming suggestions that would help in your example and my example as well so the next section is fear is your soul's gps so wait there uh, was one other thing I wanted to say about fear is not the enemy. Um, I like how she talks about fear communicates um, through feeling. And so sometimes excitement. Have you ever been like scared and excited about something at the same time? For sure. What do they call that? Jitters. Well, they they blend it together. Like Benefer. And what are the other? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Nervousitement. I don't know. Nervous. Yes, how do you want to combine excited and nervous? <laughs> yes. And so, anyways, um, she said a lot of times if you, your initial instinct will be to associate that feeling as fear, but if you sit with it, again, like I like your example of counting to five, five seconds to be afraid, or just, again, stop and really figure out where is this feeling coming from, and is right. it really fear, or is it excitement? Right, so, so when I felt this I felt this fear. So the example, it's a musical guy, right? He it, Is it Bon Jovi? Oh, or, yes. an, or is Someone. it Bruce Springsteen? Someone that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you keep talking. One of, one of those guys, one of those yes. musical wonders. Some famous He artist. So he would feel those feelings and realize this isn't fear. This is a sign that I'm ready. These are my mm, game day yep. jitters. So yep. I'm going to get out there and perform my butt off, and it's going to be awesome. And yep. it was awesome, clearly. Um, so that's what... I remember, so once I read that story, it made me think of game days before going out to the field in college. Mm-hmm. And I would feel this jittery way every time, but I wasn't afraid. It was a sign that I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then, like, performance anxiety, I don't know if people get, some people get that, and some people, it depends on what it is. Like, there was times where I had to play the drums in front of the youth group, and I did not want to do it. And I hated every second of it. And the physical things my body was feeling are the same that I felt before soccer, but I never felt that way about soccer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just perspective and maybe confidence. Yeah. So if you kind of listed out your physical reactions, Mm -hmm. yeah, when you're scared and then try Mm -hmm. to find those in other areas of life. Yeah. I like that. Boom. Um, I cannot find the, um, person they refer to, but bonus points to anyone that leaves a comment with yeah, the answer. Yeah, look at you. 1,000 bonus points. To Gryffindor. Yes. Or Hufflepuff, since you're Hufflepuff. We don't allow Slytherins. Just kidding. <laughs> We're all inclusive here. They're already trying to cheat their way to the top. Did I say that out loud? You sure did. <laughs> Just kidding. No Not all backs. Slytherins are bad. <laughs> Just most. Are they? Ooh, Morgan's a Slytherin, just so you know. He's not all bad. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Digging my grave. Okay, so fear is your soul's GPS is the next point that Marie Forleo makes. And we're going to kind of 
tweak that to obviously you need discernment and follow the Holy Spirit. So um, again, think about those. Is it game day jitters or is this a warning sign? So again, that comes with discernment and prayer and wise counsel and reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can figure out which of the two is it. I'm feeling this way every time. So is it the excited feeling or the I shouldn't be doing this feeling? And that is what you need to figure out on your own. Yeah. So I like that. If you're feeling afraid and, you know, you maybe are struggling to figure out why spending some time in prayer, I pray all the time. A lot of my fears, especially when I'm trying to fall asleep in my dark, scary room, because Jacob won't sleep with the light or the TV on. That (laughs) rascal. Is like, I will literally like ask God, please calm me down, bring me peace. Let me go to sleep. (laughs) Uh, Any minute now. Yeah. So, you know, if you're getting worked up, you can start just by bring me peace and then in a peaceful state going back and still praying to God, asking for guidance on, you know, help me figure out where this fear is coming from. And again, in a peaceful state, being able to analyze it. Um, I have this saying, I didn't make it up. I don't remember where I heard it though that you can't rationalize with an irrational person. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you're... Oh, I thought you were pointing to me. <laughs> also pointing to you. I remember saying that Oh, I thought well. you were calling me irrational. No! Oh, my Dang. gosh. Y'all go check out <laughs> the YouTube video, video and just... No, re- I meant... Can we replay that slow-mo? Cheese and rice. Uh, no, no, but the point is sometimes you are that irrational person. So you can't talk yourself down you can't rationalize with yourself because you're Mm -hmm. in a state of irrationalness you can carry that on over to your toddler as well when they're having a meltdown Mm -hmm. there's no rationalizing once the prefrontal cortex has it the limbic system has been hijacked you have to be able to tap back into it and you can't just rationalize with someone who's it they're offline that's not gonna work you have to find a way to get them back online then you can rationalize but until then You have to have some coping mechanisms or set in place. And like you say, Farron, frequently is you have to have a plan in place before it actually happens. That way, um, if it does, you have a plan. Brene Brown and her, and we talked about this in the Daring Greatly miniseries, how one of the people she interviewed, whenever she went this way, she would just say, pain, 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 until she could rationalize with herself again. Like if something centered over the edge or if she was super angry about something, she would just say pain, 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 and repeat it until she could get herself back online. Yeah. Giving it a name instead of continuing to spiral with all these crazy thoughts. So yeah. Um, And you can't predict everything that, you know, if you're noticing a pattern you'd like to change, don't try to change that thing when you're in it. So. Right. Anyways. Yes. So start, you know, by praying even just to calm down. Yes. And then... Baby steps. Or at the same time. There's not a right or wrong way. Sure. But then asking for God to help you figure that thing out. Another point with the with your brain doing funny things whenever you're in a certain mood or something, an event happens or um, if you're shocked, um, there's... <laughs> so, I don't know why I felt the need to make that sound. <laughs> sound oh, makers. yes. So, the inner critic in your head... You've got to find a way. Is it the fear of, oh, you're just going to be a total flop. This is a bust. Remember that time that this happened, this happened, this happened? Like, I know that that's what my brain does. And then it tries to shut down what I'm trying to do. Mm. So, again, that goes back to you have to change the narrative. In the Bible, it takes it talks about taking every thought captive. And so when you do that, and we talked about this 
it's in the show notes for I think chapter three. Every taking every thought captive, which means you have to filter through: is this a godly thought? Is this pointing me in the right direction? Is this putting me in an upward trajectory? It's not. Then it's a lie from Satan. Get it out of my head. Change the narrative. That's what I do. Yeah, I think you again. I try to find myself going down that road because sometimes, again, when you're in it too deep, it's hard to get yourself. Oh, out. for sure. Or if you're in a dark room by yourself alone trying to fall asleep, what is your mind doing? It's replaying all of the, or imagining all of the things that could go wrong or did go wrong. So Mm -hmm. coming up with a plan is a good idea. So try that one when you go to, to sleep tonight, folks. Yes. Okay, the next section is Fear Taming 101. And I'm going to read you one of the quotes in there. It says, if fear cannot be articulated, it can't be conquered. And you know who said that? Who? Stephen King, which was so brilliant because if you don't if you don't know Stephen King, he's Sounds the guy who familiar. wrote It or The Green Mile or a million other scary movies, movies. and books turned movies. Yes. So if you find common themes, it's people can't quite put a finger on what it at like. That's why scary movies are so scary. They can't see what it is, or it's the suspense building up into it. Did you know, so Bird Box, did you ever watch that? I did not either. shaking my head, no. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't watch it either, but I watched, because number one, I'm already stressed out. In my daily life, I didn't want to spend my leisure time also stressed out, so I kind of did away with scary movies because, again, going to bed at night, it's the replay of, well, what if Pennywise creeps on out of that gutter? So every time I run by a gutter, I have to, like, run in the middle of the road or run in the neighbor's yard because it's not going to get me. Yep. Not today. Not. Ooh. So, Bird Box. They were going to have, you can, I was, I didn't want to watch it, so I looked at the things that people were posting, like the articles or the making of or whatever, because I wanted to watch it, but I knew I couldn't or shouldn't. And they had the actual monster. They showed what it looked like. And they did scenes with it, and then they realized it's not as scary if people see what it actually is. So they eliminated that character. So poor guy got got the boot, I guess, but he was not in the video. It, but it's just interesting how if we can't put a name to it or write it down or speak it out loud, then it's even scarier than it really is. Mm-hmm. So the importance of actually voicing it. Yeah putting words to it or writing it down or telling someone about it. Like, hey, I know this is irrational, but I'm really scared about blah. And then having someone kind of talk you down from that, that would be very helpful. The two things that suck about that process, even though it needs to be done, is Mm -hmm. one, you have to admit that you're afraid of it. Yep. How many times growing up as a kid, I'm not afraid of it. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. are. No, I'm not. And so there's Mm -hmm. this, I feel like, underlying message of, not it's not good to admit that you're afraid of something gotta be vulnerable yep and then the other part of it means you gotta sit with it a while if you can't name it Uh, and how uncomfortable is that extremely Farron. extremely yes so marie forleo actually gives you a tactic to do right now she talks about write out so if it's i'm gonna go ask for the promotion And then, oh, no, because then remember you failed at this project and this project. And what if they say no and that'll be embarrassing and they're going to tell their colleagues that you asked for, you know, whatever you want to, whatever the spiral happens. So she says, write out the worst, worst, worst case scenario. 
So she talks, she even, you can see in her book, it's her handwriting, and she talks about her worst case scenario with chasing this dream of becoming whatever she is now, a successful businesswoman. Um, And she wrote all all the worst case scenarios. And then at the end of it, she said, okay, and then what would I do? So then she wrote out, okay, next to each thing. If this happened, then this is what I would do. Okay, that wasn't so scary. And then went down the list. And then she got to the end and was like, okay, well, that's not so bad. That's manageable. I can do that. And then she said the very next thing you need to do is write out the best case scenarios. What if you did ask the girl out? Or what if you did ask for the promotion? Or what if you did turn your side hustle into a full-time job? What if you did all those things? What's the best case scenario? Yes, I think that's definitely an area I can still improve upon. Um, In therapy a long time ago, it was much more eloquent. But I always try to re-explain it to people of... um, Determining whether it's rational or irrational anxiety. So is it like, oh my gosh, if I ask for a promotion, I'm going to lose my job. I don't think that, maybe that's how, I don't think that's how that works. Who knows? But (laughs) the point is, if you really sit down and like you said, go through all those steps. Mm -hmm. um, Or like, is it really going to crawl out of the gutters? No, (laughs) it's a fictional character. It's not real. Right. So just you know, trying to sit with that for a Mm -hmm. minute, but the part, so I feel like I've gotten better at that, but the part I don't think I spend any time doing is best case scenarios. (laughs) Yeah. We, I think it's, that's the next level of it. It's really easy to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm scared and not do it. And then now we're starting to, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Okay. I, I think I can manage that. We'll be able to do that. But then you don't even let yourself dream on the other end of it. And I think that's what stops a lot of people. And I'm sure that's, because then they don't want to get their hopes up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to spend for however much time you think about the worst case scenario, you should be thinking about best case scenario. For if, sure. Obviously, more. Well, and what, are, what are we without hope? Yep. I mean, that just seems like a really frightening place to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hopeless. Yep. And the Bible even says we're not hopeless, and it backs up all, all that. So, read your Bible, y'all. Okay, the next section is leverage the alchemy of language. So we already kind of hinted on this about how your fear feelings are similar to jitters. So again, she talks about the tactic of labeling those feelings a silly name, like she uses floopy or something. So you could come up with some weird word to make it not as scary. Like, oh, I'm feeling so blah, blah, blah right now. When God is love you. There you go. So whatever works for you, um, if you can't put words to it, use that weird made-up word if that helps. Uh, there's not a rule that says you have to make real words when you're feeling some type of way. So. I like the idea of renaming it as excitement. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, I'm so nervous. I'm so excited. <laughs> and you just can't hide it? You know, you know, you know, what? I don't know the words for that. It's something high-pitched. That's all I'm about know. the lose control. I think I like it. That one. Yep, what she said. <laughs> yep, so you could give it even, if it not a made-up name, a positive Something name. empowering. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the important thing is to make sure you're still feeling your feelings instead of shutting it down. Address it, face it, put a name on it, and get to work. It's going to keep coming up. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, at what point would you rather address it in the middle of your presentation or beforehand? 
I think beforehand. So that way I'm not out of breath. Have you been, ever been in a presentation and you're like, because <gasps> you can't breathe. And then you have to swallow like in the middle <laughs> of a sentence. <sighs> oh we've my goodness. So far. Yes. Look at us. And that's because we've had lots of practice and lots of whoopsies and get back out there and still try it. Yep. If we gave up on day one, dang. We wouldn't be where we are today. We would have stayed stuck. Not today. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Stop oh it. <laughs> okay. Fear versus intuition and how to tell the difference is the next section. Yeah. So you can ask yourself, does this, does saying yes to whatever this thing is make me feel expanded or contracted? So if I, if I ask for the promotion, if I'm going into this, I keep using that as an example, I could probably come up with something else, but <laughs> for right now, that's my go-to uh, until you come up with one right now. Fear of talking to your significant other Ooh. about a conflict in the relationship Ooh. that okay. they may not even realize is a conflict, but you can't understand why they wouldn't have noticed by now. <laughs> I have no specific examples. Well, they're not mind readers. They should be. <laughs> okay, so addressing an uncomfortable conversation. That's a shorter way to say it. <laughs> well, I like how you give a very specific example. So it could be with your significant other. It could be with a coworker. It could be with your best friend. Mm-hmm. It could be... With with anyone, you need to have a conversation. The crossing with. guard that I pass on the way to school every day. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that story. Tell these folks because uh, they may have, they may just be jumping in. You know, this was like seventeen episodes ago. You know when you think ago. people don't like you, and then I'm like, no, we're gonna analyze this and see if it's just something I made up in my head. And I notice he every time I pull up to the stop sign, he turns the other way, and then. A couple times when we make eye contact, I do the friendly little wave, does not wave to me, and then waves to the car at the other corner. (laughs) And then a kid will be a block away, and he will blow his whistle and risk his life by standing in front of my car. But since then, all I chose was to rise above, and and I friendly wave every single day, whether he looks or doesn't, and I leave it there longer in case after I drive off he looks. And you know what? He waves to me now. Now he does? Yep, and he doesn't stand in front of my car. Well, that's an update because last time you left us you with, guys have not, and he still doesn't wave at me. You have not heard the update. I did think about getting him a gift of some kind, um, but that required forethought and planning in the mornings. Nope. And I know I could do it at night, but y'all. So friendly wave it was. Oh, good. And that just takes perseverance good job Farron now the crossing guard acknowledges your presence you know in a positive way it was really a safety concern for everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh man all that to say does that make you feel expanded or contracted so if I (laughs) if I'm gonna go out and do this thing takes a little courage have a hard conversation with people have a hard conversation with people Mm -hmm. if I'm going to do this would the result, is it going to make me feel expanded or contracted? I feel like every time I have a hard conversation that needs to be had, even if it doesn't go the way I maybe thought would be the best case, you know, ter- best way for it to turn out, I still feel the relief of having said it. Oh, and for sure. Addressed it and not chewed on it over and over replayed it in my head a million times. Well, in that way, so like you said, you've you vocalized it out loud to... That 
to your significant other that was vulnerable on your part and vulnerable on his part for listening because y'all talked about ground rules on speaking up. Mm-hmm. That's episode with Randy, whatever Randy's one, oh, Randy's no. episode is. You know it. Oh, 35. I think I've- it's 35. Just in case, go listen to episode 35, 36, and 37. There you go. I'm pretty sure it's, I don't know. Another thousand points for whoever comments with the episode number. All that to say, now they at least have that thought to process, even if it didn't go the way you wanted to right then. You at least got that off your chest. They have time to think about it. You have time to think about it. You can reconcile in the future. But there will be no progress if you don't step up. Mm-hmm. You will just stay stuck. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Man, that's a good one. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So there is a page of page one hundred nine. It talks about um, thinking about some things if it's if it's fearful or intuition. So do I really want to do this? Do I feel expansive or contracted when I imagine saying yes to talking with someone or promoted or whatever? Does saying yes make me feel delight or dread? Does this feel joyful and fun? So, again, there's a whole list of what you can look through um, to help you kind of figure out. Is it, is it a yes or a no, maybe? Or stick to what we say, wise counsel, prayer, all that stuff. I do like that she encourages you to think of your initial answer. Because how many times, as a nine especially, <laughs> I have an initial answer and then I choose the one... That's going to please most. I see what you're saying. Man, it's like, did you change your answers on tests a lot? Oh my gosh, don't, yeah. Well, first of all, true false ones are just crazy. But (laughs) multiple choice, man, there's always two, Mm -hmm, right? That mm -hmm. are, oh, it's rough, man. They tell you not to go back and change your initial answer. You know, tell pass testing. (laughs) The calibrations, yeah. I had a lot of teachers be like, I should have just submitted instead of going back and changing yep. these. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every time. It happens every time. Okay, the last section in Chapter 5 is the truth about failure. Again, this is a huge mindset shift. Uh, it's not necessarily black and white. It's not either you win or you lose. There's there's always something to be gained. So something she learned a while back and something I've, we, I'm sure we've used in our classrooms all the time. I win or I learn, but I never lose. Mm-hmm. So that just goes back to tell you that your perception and how you're going to leverage that matters. And it's hard. I don't like looking at my losses. <laughs> no one does. But I think they could be more beneficial than bearing them if I would just analyze them. And I do, but kind of like you were saying earlier, giving yourself five seconds to be afraid. I do allow myself a few minutes, not minutes some amount of time uh, to be disappointed or angry or upset. And then I immediately go into problem solving mode or Mm -hmm. what could I have done different? And that one's another one. I can't sit in too long because obviously you can't go back and undo anything. Right. But just again, planning ahead of time. And I like how just the example you just gave, you are, you are turning towards your feelings. You are feeling them, you're processing through them and then you're leveraging them and you are going from there. You're not staying stuck. You're not ignoring your feelings. You're not trying to shut anything down. Like, yes, this happened. I can either a dwell on it and let my thoughts spiral out of control, or I can b leverage the heck out of it and try to learn something from it. Because what's worse than making that mistake is making that mistake twice because people remember that second one too. And then 
it's a you're on a streak there. Yeah, one you don't want to be on. Right. So she brings this up because in one of her interviews, they asked her, "What are your what are some of your biggest failures?" So number one, that's a terrifying question. But in the interview, she sits there and she is trying to think, and she realizes, okay, so every she has trained herself with this mindset of I win or I learn, but I never lose that she can't sit and pull one out real quick, which is great because she's leveraged everything. So that's again, wise. There's also an interview question, which I'm just curious what you would answer. The, the question is, so there's not an option C, okay. but it says, which one are you? You love to win or you hate to lose? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my mom hates to lose. Uh-huh. I gave her answer first. Is she a wing eight? Yeah. Well, seven, yeah, seven wing eight. Yeah. You will get out on this dance floor. <laughs> memories? <laughs> memories? <laughs> a current that happens almost every day. Uh, maybe not a literal dance floor. Yeah. My <laughs> my favorite thing is when my mom sees me talk to somebody and after they leave, they're like, and I was like, you you can be so nice and social. And I'm like, Mom, <laughs> like, I am. When I'm home and visiting y'all, I just want to, like, sit there and hang out with you guys. Oh, my gosh. Morgan says the same thing. Mm. About what? <laughs> Me. Oh. <laughs> As in, like, well, I didn't realize that this, this, or this. I'm like, well, that's because when I'm here, I don't have to, like, yeah. Constantly smile at your face. I know you love me. Talk with a smile. Ah! Me. Um, I do love to win. And the reason why I choose that one is because the second I lose, I'm already trying to figure out how I can win next time. Look at you. Whereas my mom, the first time she loses, it's like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so that's So she's a seven. I... She's trying to get away from that feeling. Yeah. So I feel like if you fail and you're already trying to figure out how to fix it and try it again, then you would say you love to win Mm -hmm. because you're actively trying to find a way to win. And I think if you're looking at everything as like avoiding failure, then you would maybe say hate to lose. But that's a very broad general statement. I know. Well, that's, that's why I think it's such a good interview question because then you can ask them to elaborate and you can see like what's going on in their head, which is really cool. So if you're in HR and you're trying to hire people, maybe that will help you. So Morgan's answer, I knew what it was going to be. So he brought this question up, and I was like, I already know your answer. He's like, well, what? Well, you hate to lose. And he's like, well, yeah, I hate losing. And he's like, what's yours? I'm like, I love to win. And he was like, oh, but, but, but. And I was like, you know what? Because I have my eyes on the prize. <laughs> and he was like, ah! Made me laugh. Shut it down. Anyway. I love it. So all about perspective. And something that helps me is failure is an event, it's not a characteristic. So, a mess-up happens. You are not a mess-up. You're not a screw-up. Rachel Hollis's example. You have fingernails, but you are not, in fact, fingernails. (laughs) So, you're going to fail, but you are not a failure. I'm just imagining a human fingernail. Yeah. (laughs) Some of y'all would be looking super fly. I'm just generic. Generic finger girl. Fingernail girl. Gene- basic white girl? I don't know. There was a joke in there, and I missed it. A human fingernail. 
Yes. You have fingernails, but you are, in fact, not <laughs> fingernails. Oh, I love it. By Rachel Hollis. Love it. Yeah. Of course, out in the world, you can find a million positive quotes about failure. Uh, again, I like to keep my eyes on the prize. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be winning focused. That's yep. how I like to see it. Wow. That wraps up chapter five. And that one's all about facing your fears and how fear's not the enemy and how to go from there. Big takeaways. Know that it's a feeling, and so maybe it's not fear. Uh, You could rename it. You need to spend some time with it to give it a name if you don't know exactly what it is. Um, God is a great tool to calm you down and then help you um, face your fear. What were some other big takeaways? Wise counsel, Mm -hmm. talk you down out of stuff. I think that's very helpful. Because sometimes you are in too deep, and if you would just ask for help, yeah, I think that would help a lot. Because sometimes your mind is sick for the moment, and you need someone to speak truth into you. And that can come through the Bible, prayer, wise counsel, any of those trusted things. I like, too, how you talked about writing out the worst-case scenarios, mm-hmm. and then realizing like you kind of have a plan for all of those. And then spending time on best case scenarios. For sure. That's definitely something we can all stand to improve on. Do you say scenarios or scenarios? Scenarios like a Texan. Oh. Is that a Texan thing? I don't know. What do I say now? Scenarios? You say scenario. Scenario. You've assimilated to the Texan culture. (laughs) Probably because of you. Sorry. Thanks. Not sorry. Go Texas. Not sorry. But also go everybody else in the world because I I like people. Kind people are my kind of people. That was weird to say at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye to all of you kind people out there. Yes. And not so kind people, we still love you anyway. Because the Bible says... The Bible (laughs) tells me so. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.